Today on The Exam Room. I had an epiphany and I thought to myself, you know what? I know I'm getting healthier. I can feel it. The weight's coming off. I got off the insulin. My statin drug for my cholesterol was cut in half. So I thought to myself, okay, if I can coach myself to better health at 73, why can't I coach someone else as well? So then I thought, you know, I want to become a health coach and I want to help older people get healthy again. Because there are so many people in my age group that literally throw in the towel. They just give up on life. They may be on a walker like I was. And they just say, heck with it. You know, I'll just take my metformin and my insulin. I'll eat whatever the heck I want. And when the time comes, it comes. And you don't have to do that. Absolutely do not have to do that. And I'm a case in point. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I'm the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us coast to coast and around the world in great cities like Denton, Texas, Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Monterey, Mexico. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode six of season seven, number 505 overall. Let me tell you a little story about a gentleman by the name of Bob Madison. Bob is somebody who, over the age of 70, was still eating poorly and struggling with his weight. He had to use a walker just to get around because his sciatic nerve was so painful. On top of that, his diabetes was raging, seemingly getting worse by the day, A1C completely out of control, plus high cholesterol, and eventually, it all came to a head. You see, one day, Bob suffered a TIA, better known as a mini-stroke. But Bob actually said it kind of turned out to be a stroke of luck because that was the moment that changed his life. It changed his fortune because it forced him to change his diet. And then he changed from being destined for an early grave to a path where he was rapidly able to get off of insulin. His blood sugar improved so much that he was able to ditch that altogether. He also saw that sky-high cholesterol come under control and his weight plummeted as well. That walker don't need that anymore. And then hello, new life. In his 70s, no less. And so with this new life for Bob came a new career as a health coach. So this former military man is now rebuilding lives just as he had done for himself. And his motto is, if I can coach myself to better health at 73, I can coach others to do the same. Maybe even you. So let's get to know old health coach Bob Madison right now. A joy to talk to, an inspiration, and his story is certainly one for the ages. Bob, thanks for being here, my friend. Well, Chuck, it's my pleasure. And after that introduction, I feel like dropping and doing 10 push-ups. That was... uh really a motivating experience for me. That's for w- sure. Would you please, I mean, as a as an ex-military guy, I'm sure you're all too familiar with dropping and giving a couple push-ups. Yeah, there's not enough room here. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Madison, uh, let's, let's set the table here. So as we talk here today, you are how old? I am 74. 
I will well, be 75 that three-quarter century mark in February. Ooh, -hoo. all right, right around the corner. How are you feeling about that? That's a big one, man. Uh, I'm feeling great about it. My wife hits it just a little bit before I do, so I get to tease her for 58 days until I hit it. And uh, you know, she's actually she's technically born the year before me. That makes it even more. Uh, uh, I don't know, harassing, if you Bob. will. Yeah. Did I you know. really just throw your wife under the bus like that? Did you really just yeah. give out her age? Yeah, she, 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 well, yeah, but see, if you saw her with me, you would agree that she does not look the older of the two of us. So uh, I don't think she minds that much. She's put up with it for 52 years. So, you know, what are you going to do? Fair enough. Just just yep. let me know if we need to send you a blanket and pillow for the couch, and, and gotcha. we'll send you one that's got the podcast logo on it. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you took one for the team today, Bob. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, boy. All right. So you're, you're 74. I'm 74. Um, but back in 2021, uh, 70 looked a lot – well, 71 at the time. Life was a lot different for you. What was going on? Yeah, well, actually, it was more like March of seventy-two, March of 2022. Um, I, uh, I had really gotten myself into some horrible, horrible health issues through no fault of my own. I uh, uh, actually, could, could, I, could I go back to 2012? It's your story, brother. Take us oh, all the way story? back okay. as far as you need to. Okay, well... My kindergarten teacher was Mrs. Rittenhouse. No, I won't go back that far. <laughs> 2012 uh, and you were in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast, man. Okay. So um, in December of 2012, my wife and I were, it was Christmas Eve, but we were getting some things together at the grocery store to head for Ohio for Christmas. Uh, I live in Indianapolis. And I started having this weird sensation of my heart not beating a full beat like it felt like it was like a half a beat then a half a beat then a half a beat and then i started getting really lightheaded and i got dizzy i put my hands on the counter and my wife looked at me she said are you all right and i said no and she said should i call 911 and i said sure so she did then i was uh, diagnosed with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and what that is is it's where a one of my ventricles, the, the muscles in it had thickened and made the chamber a little bit smaller. And while it's a not a great condition to have, it's not a life-threatening condition or, or a super serious condition. And the recommendation for me was to have an ICD installed in my chest. ICD stands for implantable cardio defibrillator. So it had a defibrillator portion to it, which would be like, taking the paddles and saying clear and go boom. And I guess if my heart were to stop for, I think, 10 seconds, it would that, that would actually kick in. And if it exceeded, I think, 200 beats a minute, it would do it as well. And probably if it got really, really super low. Uh, at any rate, there was also a pacemaker portion to this as well. Now, when I was first diagnosed and first recommended for that, I was... I was told to get a second opinion, and the second opinion confirmed that I should get one of these things put in. At first, I had a portable cardio defibrillator that I wore like a vest, and then uh, that was in, like I say, December 2012. And then in February, I think it was February 26th of 2013, they actually installed one in my uh, right, right here below my slightly below my collarbone, 
collarbone and the leads actually go right to the heart so that uh, the heart would receive the electrical shock if needed. Now, at that time, I was, uh, I don't remember how much I weighed, but I was not, you know, in the ideal weight. I know I was starting to get type 2 diabetes. I was having some problems. I had high cholesterol, and I knew there was something else that I needed to do, but I just didn't know what I needed to do. In September of 2013, I saw the documentary Forks Over Knives, which many people have seen. And for those of you who have may not have seen it, the title comes from this. Use forks to eat properly so you don't have to resort to surgical knives later. And when I watched that video, there was one person in the video that really struck home for me. And it was Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr., who is at the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. He talked about how people with a plant-based diet cleared out their veins and arteries to avoid having to have coronary bypass surgery. And I thought to myself, wow, now that's pretty powerful. And I thought, I wonder, has this guy done anything with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy? So I called the Cleveland Clinic, got hold of his receptionist, told her, uh, you know, asked her if I could speak with him. And she said, well, he's not here right now, but give me your name and phone number and I'll have him call you. And I go, yeah, right. This guy's going to call me. Well, a couple hours later, not only did he call me, he called me from his home, which I thought was rather remarkable. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. He didn't. He did hadn't done anything with uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. However, uh, he said that if I did switch to a whole food, plant based, no salt, oil, or sugar extra added, that it could do nothing but improve my health. Now I'd already been on it for about two weeks because uh, when I when I finished watching the uh, forks over knives, I immediately went whole food, plant based. Now, oddly enough, a week after I talked to Dr. Esselstyn, I went to a conference in California uh, that was put on by the Plantrition Project, and it was called the Plant-Based Nutrition Healthcare Conference. And I actually met Dr. Esselstyn there. And he is a vibrant elderly gentleman, and I say elderly because he still practices, and he's still vibrant, and he will be 90 years old in December. So there is something to this whole food plant-based lifestyle, and he's a primary example of what it can do for you. I also met uh, a Dr. Dean Ornish at that, uh, at that uh, conference, and he is also a heart specialist, had not done anything with cardiomyopathy, but he echoed what Dr. Esselstyn told me. I met uh, T. Colin Campbell. He uh, was uh, the author, co-author of the China study, along with his son, Dr. Tom Campbell. A remarkable book. I recommend it to anybody, particularly doctors. And um, I, uh, uh, so I, I got to know all these guys. So for 16 months, this guy right here was 100% plant-based all the way. Then, oh well, actually, what happened is I, I. At the time, I only needed to lose 50 pounds only. So I lost the 50 pounds I needed to lose. My uh, A1C dropped well down into the you don't have prediabetes range. Uh, I think it was like 5.3 or 5.4, something like that. 
my cholesterol plummeted, uh, and I was, hey, I was rocking and rolling. Then, stupidly, in February of 2015, my wife and I went out to celebrate my birthday, and I got grouper, waffle fries, chocolate cream pie, and all the other crud that goes along with a meal like that. And it was like an alcoholic falling off the wagon. I started to go back up. Fortunately, I caught myself before I got all the way back. And I went back to the whole food plant-based regimen and came back now. So that's twice I showed people that eating properly, you can reverse all that stuff. And at the time, I really wasn't that physically active. Had I been fit, more physically active, uh, it would have gone off a lot faster than it actually did. So anyway, I um, uh, I caught myself, like, like I said. Then I don't remember how long, how much time later, I stupidly did it the second time. And I really was ticked off at myself for doing it because this time I went back up a little bit higher than I had the previous time. But I caught myself, went back down. So three times I showed people that proper eating with exercise, because I started to, to do some, at least some walking. I was walking uh, when, I, when I would go to Arizona to visit my son and, and family, his family out there. I would walk uh, this three-mile loop, and uh, that, was, that was helping considerably. But looking at me, you would think I would be smart enough, or maybe you would think, now <laughs> I know why he did this. The third time was the worst time. The third time I went off, during that third time, I developed a sciatic nerve problem. I had to go on a walker. And I, and I don't remember the time frame between all these these uh, fall-offs of the, uh, you know, getting off the, falling off the wagon and so forth. Uh, but I got up to, I'm five feet nine. I got up to 247 pounds. I had an A1C of 9.7. I was on both the slow and fast-acting insulin. I, my cholesterol was through the roof, had the high blood pressure, and this was now March of 2022. That would have made me 73. Um, and uh, in March of 2022, on the 21st of March, I had something called a TIA, which is a short for mini stroke. And that was weird. Uh, when that happened, because I was I was sitting uh, watching TV and all of a sudden I, this kind of like an oval ring appeared in front of my left eye and there were red, white and blue, very patriotic lights going around this loop like a marquee, uh, a neon sign marquee. And I thought, what in the heck is going on? And then I started feeling kind of disassociated and could could come up with a term so i have i have one of these buttons you know i've fallen and i can't get up buttons i i press that and the guy came on and he said mr madison do you need some help and i i said yes and then i tried to tell him what what i needed and i the words i know words were coming out of my mouth but they were making no sense it was just absolutely ridiculous what I was saying, and I don't even re recall what I was saying. So he caught on real quick that I needed help. So he says, uh, are you at home? 
And I, and I did manage to say yes to that. He said, we'll send somebody right out. I got up, I went into where my wife was working. She works from home and she was in working and I was trying to tell her what was going on and I couldn't get it out. And I got so frustrated and I was so scared. I just, uh, I, I started crying and she came over and was consoling me. And I, I did manage, I guess, to tell her that somebody was on the way and they came and they took me to the hospital. So they did all the testing that I needed. Now, once I got to the hospital, I really started improving because these TIAs are short-lived. However, I did look it up on the internet, found out that if uh, a TIA is a sign that a serious stroke could be on its way, unless you do something about it, and something about it would be get rid of the weight and all this other stuff. So when I did get home a day or so later, uh, my, I said to my wife, I said, would you agree that my health is our number one priority right now? And she said, oh yes. So I immediately went back to whole food plant-based. I signed up to do some things and I signed up with some organizations. Now I had already been signed up with the Food Revolution Network and I, but I wasn't active with it. It was just, it was there, I was signed up and I was paid up. I discovered mastering diabetes, I think about halfway through April. And that book, I was going to have some books here. I was going to hold them up and show people to read them, and I forgot to get them. But Mastering Diabetes is a book that every doctor should have to read, every nurse should have to read, and anybody that wants to be healthy, where they, whether they have diabetes or not, should read that book. It is incredible. The two guys that started Mastering Diabetes are incredible young men who have helped literally thousands of type 2 diabetes people put their type 2 diabetes in remission and many 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 type 1 diabetics reduce their insulin drastically so if you're listening to this and you're in that pre-diabetic range or diabetic range whichever uh, i would highly recommend that you go to masteringdiabetes.org and get that book read it and do what it says to do in there all right so then i um uh, I signed up to go back to one of those uh, committee meetings, the uh, plant-based nutrition healthcare conferences in September of last year uh, uh, with the Plantrition Project. I signed up to do that. And I signed up to go to a health retreat in Sedona, Arizona with Rip Esselstyn and Plant Strong. Now, Rip Esselstyn is the son of the Dr. Esselstyn that I mentioned previously. Fantastic young guy. Well, some people wouldn't say he's young, but I, being 74, would say he's young. Um, anyway, that was a, uh, I'll get to that retreat in a minute. So uh, about the middle of last summer, I had an epiphany and I thought to myself, you know what? I know I'm getting healthier. I can feel it. The weight's coming off. I got off the insulin uh rather quickly i don't i don't really recall uh exactly when my statin drug for my cholesterol was cut in half and things were going great i was i was you know eating properly i was uh, getting involved in fixing up some of my own recipes and just having a ball with it really and um, um so i thought to myself okay if i can coach myself to better health at 73 why can't I coach someone else as well? So then I thought, you know, I want to become a health coach and I want to help older people get healthy again uh, or younger people, anybody that would want me to be their coach, just get them healthier again. But I really want to key in on 
the older people, because there are so many people in my age group that literally throw in the towel. They just give up on life. They may be on a walker like I was. They uh, uh, may have diabetes like I do. And they just say, heck with it. You know, I'll just take my metformin and my insulin. I'll eat whatever the heck I want. And when the time comes, it comes. And you don't have to do that. Absolutely do not have to do that. Uh, and I'm a case in point. Now, I got to the point where, you know, I was on, like I said, I was on this walker eight, about 20 months or so ago. And I have gotten into an exercise routine that would make a lot of young people puke, probably. I've got to the point where <laughs> I've got, I've got, uh, uh, I've got one of those total gyms. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen them or not. They're, they were uh, oh, yes. advertised by Chuck Norris. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, on my total gym, I got a couple of accessories for it. One of them is called the Cyclo Trainer, which goes at the bottom of it, which allows you to actually lean back like this and then pedal. So you get a nice aerobic workout, but that you're not putting the stress on your, your knees and your joints and all that. And you can watch football while you're doing it <laughs> or whatever you want to watch then there's another attachment that goes up at the other end and it's called the uh i think it's abdominizer uh it you put your forearms on this cushiony part of it and then there's two handles that you grab like this and then with your knees on that movable um board you just pull your knees up into your chest and you do crunches Okay, now having said all that, my, my routine goes like this. On odd number days, I do 300 crunches, 25 at a time, three minutes apart, and then I do 45 minutes on the cyclo trainer. On the even number days, I do a 20 exercise routine from the, the cables, and all that good stuff on the total gym, and 45 minutes on the cyclo trainer. I don't know of anybody my age that would do that or could do that. Uh, I got to the point where I just love doing it and I'm looking forward to it. In fact, when I'm done with this interview, I think I'm going to jump on it and uh, do that stuff. All right. So um, let's see. Now we're, we're <clears throat> the retreat not in Sedona, Arizona with the plant strong people. That was, that was fantastic. That, that was a blast. It was a great time. Uh, just met, met some really nice people that I've actually subsequently met up with at other conferences and uh in fact uh I, there was this one one lady named ann who kind of became my lunch buddy uh and uh, she was at the uh peace uh plant-based nutrition healthcare conference uh at uh this year uh, in california so i i you know, i went again this year as you probably figured out and then in october just actually just just last week we were at the um uh, T. Colin Campbell uh, Center for Nutrition Studies retreat uh, up by Rochester, New York. And uh, I met, I ran into some other people that I, I'd met previously uh, from other uh, experiences as well. And then in the spring, I also went to the plant re or the, the health retreat with the uh, Plant Strong again. Uh, it was at Black Mountain, North Carolina. So every every six months they have one of these retreats. And I would encourage people that if they are even remotely thinking about becoming whole food plant-based or just simply want to become healthier, I would hi highly recommend 
their retreat because not only is the food fantastic because they they fix it on site they uh make sure it's the whole food plant-based no added sugar oil or salt uh they have great speakers come in there's a dr michael clapper who is one of the godfathers of the whole food plant-based uh movement and um uh, just just a great cadre of people coming in and giving wonderful information. And plus, you're going to make some lifetime friends at those things as well. They're just a, a fantastic group. And gosh, there's anywhere from early 20s to I think there was some lady that was close to 90 that was at the one in uh, Black Mountain. So uh, all kinds of, of, of wonderful people there. Oh, yeah. And those those retreats and the conferences, I mean, he really does call to people of all walks of life, all age groups, men, women, all around the world. It's really unique, the, the band of brothers and sisters who come together for these things. Um, and so it's interesting, or actually not surprising in the least, that you've, you know, made some friends that pop up at all these different conferences that you'll see there. Um, and I, I want to ask you, though, uh, I want to go back. There's a lot to unpack there in your story, but I want to go back to um, the decision you made uh, that first night that you kind of fell off the wagon, mm -hmm. as you said, and you right. had the grouper and the waffle fries. And I think you mentioned a, a dessert as well. Chocolate and, cream pie. Chocolate cream pie. There it is, Bob. So my question is this, man. It's Did you think at that point, I, I can handle this? I can have just this one meal and tomorrow I'm going to be fine. I'll be right back on my diet. Or did you realize in the moment that you're kind of opening Pandora's box a little bit there and you're kind of walking right back into a personal health hell? Gosh, maybe a little bit of both, Chuck. I know uh, the the initial thought was, okay, I, I screwed up. So what? You know, you know go back. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I, I did get kind of scared. Uh, because I thought to myself, oh my gosh, am I going to go back to this, this this horrible way that I was before? And even though I got scared, I I did. Uh, it's 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 tough. Uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world because I would be lying if I said I didn't miss a bacon cheeseburger. Mm. I'd be lying if I didn't say I miss ice cream. And my favorite flavor of ice cream was cold. And <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things that you just have to. Uh, you just have to eliminate it. And then people people will say to me, well, you know what? Uh, if you do something in moderation, it's okay. So here's my response to that. First off, I've never heard anybody define what moderation is. So I come back with this. Is one hot dog a week moderation? Is one bacon cheeseburger a week moderation? Is snorting one line of cocaine a week moderation? And they think, cocaine, what's that? And I said, is cocaine good for you? And they say, no. Is a bacon cheeseburger good for you? No. Is a hot dog good for you? No. Then why are you putting it in your body? Mm. So as far as I'm concerned, moderation is not a player. You, you, you need to just cut it out and leave it out, and neither the twain shall meet, so they say. So uh, it took me a while. <laughs> Well, it took a mini stroke to get me to realize that. And uh, uh, and the mini stroke is always the thing that gets me when I think to myself, do I really want to just this one time? And I go, no, mm -hmm. you don't. 
And it, it, you just have to put things in, in really, really true perspective. Uh, do you want the enjoyment on your palate or do you want the enjoyment circulating through your body? That's, right. that's, that's, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, my, my experience, you know, losing weight and going up and down the scale for, I mean, all of my young adult life was, uh, very similar to that. And I would have these very serious conversations with myself where I would convince myself that I could handle just the one meal. Or in my case, uh, as I've said on the show before, one nacho. I call it my one nacho theory. And that one nacho becomes a second and a third. And before you know it, you're one right bag. back at the drive through the whole bag, you know, all day, every day. And all that weight comes rushing back on. All of that hard work that you would put in has just magically been erased. Oh, and, and, and yeah. And since I've been there, Chuck, I know what you mean. You get, you just feel so angry at yourself. Yes. You'd yes. like to take yourself out yes. back and just beat the crap out of yourself. But I don't know if anybody's ever beat the crap out of themselves. I mean, you know, I famously tell the story of being so angry one day, uh, I was uh, being paid to endorse a diet on the radio. And I was on day three without fast food. And I got so angry. You want to talk about anger, man, I got so angry, it was going through withdrawals, I punched my fist through a wall, because I hadn't gone to Taco Bell, right? I mean, yeah. like that, that's the power of food. And yet, and yet, as you pointed out, we make that decision, and we convince ourselves of this, time and again you know it took you a mini stroke yeah for goodness sakes and yep. you still you still crave the cheeseburger as you said you still like the ice cream your favorite flavor cold cold right? man yeah man i i got you because to this day and and here i am 14 years removed from my last bite of fast food you know when i'm watching a football game there are inevitably 18 gajillion commercials for every new item on the fast food menu and every once in a while it's still like yeah man yeah that, looks that would hit the spot but, wouldn't yeah, it the, 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 the most recent one for me was that uh i think it's i want to say it's domino's pizza where they have those big huge things sticking out the side with the uh the stuffing in the middle of the crust with the mm -hmm. pepperoni and cheese and so forth and uh, uh uh chuck i'm gonna go get pizza i'll be right back. No, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny but but the payoff just it's not worth it it's no. that short-term high versus long-term pain exactly and, you know you, you just kind of learn to to ride that out um i want to go back even further than than 2012. uh you have served in both the marines and the air force yep um you know kind of a, a macho environment i would imagine you know you probably your your entire life i could be way off base we're just talking for the first time yeah. but you were probably not eating the healthiest diet uh at all up oh, until no. fairly recently no no you you are 100 correct absolutely 100 correct and of course uh you and i both know that the healthiest diet is a whole food plant-based no sugar oil or salt uh added to that you know some people say vegan some people say uh, other things i kind of like Dr. Joel Furman's term that he came up with, nutritarian, although I would be called a no meat nutritarian because he says that every once in a while having a small piece of meat as a side dish, there wasn't anything wrong with that. And that's the only thing that he says that I disagree with. But anyway, getting back to, to, to what you said, yeah, the, um, the, the mess halls in the military, like when I went through a boot camp in San Diego, California, back in 1967, uh, 
In fact, in 1967, right this time of year, I was in boot camp. Anyway, uh, uh, the food was unhealthy. I mean, it was the eggs and and uh, uh, fried potato, you know, hash brown potatoes and and bacon and sausage. And I'm getting myself sick just thinking about all this stuff. But uh, you know, and grease. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. And uh, even um, well, one thing I didn't mention in my journey here too is I ended up. Uh, uh, let, let me divert just a bit here. In, in the summer of 2018, I came down with a blood bacterial infection and I was in the hospital on IV and I actually ended up having to have my defibrillator taken out. But in the hospital, there was nothing for me to eat. Literally nothing mm. for me to eat. They had oatmeal, but they always threw milk in it. So I said, okay, do you have like soy milk or something like that? And they said, oh, yeah, we got soy milk. They bring up a little carton of soy milk. And I think the second ingredient on the soy milk was sugar. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. Room <laughs> so for it, improvement. Oh, for my sure. gosh. It's just it's just absolutely ridiculous. And, and these school cafeterias, yeah. pizza, hot dogs, cheeseburgers, blah. Oh yeah, uh, I mean French fries. You know, you name it. It's 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 no better than the doggone fast food place. Oh, yeah. and if I'm not mistaken, there are some hospitals around the country that actually have a McDonald's in them. One hundred percent true. Uh, at oh. the physicians' committee, man, we are working tirelessly to get all of the fast food out of the hospitals and improve the menus for the patients there. You know, absolutely. Um, give somebody give somebody a whole food plant based option. I mean, the menus there at the majority of these hospitals are just mind blowing. And I remember, um, and just for something completely unrelated to diet, being in the hospital and the person who was sharing a hospital room with me was there for a cardiac issue and they ordered up, you know, eggs and bacon. And, you know, I was very early on in my plant-based journey, but I think that even the old 420 pound me would have recognized that if you're in the hospital for a cardiac problem, bacon and eggs probably not going to be the best option for you on the I menu. I would have to agree. <laughs> yeah. And yet, Jeez. and yet it's offered every single day to patients and it just blows my mind. Yeah. At what point does common sense kick in, Bob? I absolutely yeah i i uh I, I get so frustrated one of my big concerns are the children in this country i i am always seeing obese children and i actually said something to a one I, I just couldn't couldn't take it this this little girl she was just obese and her mother was of course the same way and i i took a gamble that i wasn't going to get the it's not kicked out of me, but I walked up to her. And I said, I said, ma'am, if you don't start doing something with your child, you've got to do something. Or this kid's going to have diabetes by the time she's 13 if she doesn't already have it. So, I mean, so that's a delicate conversation, man. And that's one that I think a lot of us think about having with people. Um, but the majority of us probably opt not to do it. Exactly. You have to have that one kind of with with kid yeah. gloves did you let the mom know like you're talking from experience though and that no. wasn't necessarily judgment because no because no, she kind of turned it off right there and i yeah you know, I, I i uh yeah i gotta try to figure out a way to uh, you know like that's tough i think man. the best way to approach something like that now is hey you know 
I used to weigh this amount of money, this amount, and I used to have this, that, and the other. Say, would you be interested in knowing how I did that? And then see what they say. You know, maybe maybe that would be something that works. It diffuses it, right? Yeah. Because I, I think back to when I was, again, super overweight and somebody would have a conversation with me, I immediately went on the defensive. Sure. Immediately. And and so even though their intentions sometimes were good, oftentimes it was just like mean and malicious. Sure. But yeah. but you know, I'm sure obviously in your case you were well intentioned. Um, but nonetheless, it, it's a painful message for somebody to hear. And so you, you just got to figure out that right approach. And yeah. whether it's a total stranger or a family member or a friend, really the same principles apply. Yeah. Um, because you're forcing somebody to have a really hard conversation with themselves that they're probably not ready to have. And in the case of you talking to a mom about her daughter, she's not just on the defensive for herself. At that point, you've awoken yeah. mama bear. You're not yeah. just poking the bear, well, you're poking I, mama bear. I know. She yeah. she really didn't get as mad or as upset as I thought she could have. <laughs> yeah. I Probably a good thing too, or we might, might not be having this conversation. <laughs> I got you. Uh, yeah. qu question for you. Um, obviously, you're eating the, the whole food plant-based diet now. What is your take on some of these ultra-processed vegan foods that are out there? Would you ever entertain the idea of introducing those into your diet? Uh, I have looked at the ingredients of those things, and in most cases, I would say no. Uh, for example, the uh, uh, the vegan uh, hamburger patties that Dr. Prager's, for example, loaded with oil. Um, and, and, and I learned, actually, I learned the hard way last week what oil does for you. When I went to this conference with the T. Colin Campbell thing, the food was supposed to be whole food, plant-based, nothing with added sugar, oil, or salt. Now, when they approached the, the facility with that information, the chef that they gave the information to left right before we got there. So all of a sudden, some of us thought that first couple of days there, is there oil in this food? But yeah, they put oil in all the food. And, and even, uh, I think it was, uh, it, it's, it kicked off on, on Monday. Monday, Tuesday. I think it was Wednesday when the 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 cook that was with us uh, told him said, "Hey, no oil." We said, "No oil in this stuff." Well, that very evening there were some sweet potatoes there that were kind of like curled up and kind of crispy, almost like fries and everything. And I said, I said to the the line person there, "Is there oil in those sweet potatoes?" Well, I'll go check. I came back and said, "Yeah, there's oil in those sweet potatoes, so that they'll be crispy." Mm -hmm. And I went to my, I gained three pounds at that conference. <laughs> and, and and I've talked to other people that were there as well. And they gained weight too. And I was active, physically active while I was there. And, and some of the others were as well. Oils are just nothing but a fat factory. And, the, and of course, you know this, but it's the oils are 100% fat. Mm. And uh, the worst of them is the coconut oil because it's solid at room temperature. And the reason why it's solid at room temperature is because it has 75% saturated fat, just like bacon grease. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. So, okay, now, uh, now I've looked at the labels of some of the vegan ice creams. And, of course, they're loaded with sugar, of course. Um, 
and the, the and the processed cheeses all of them have are loaded with oil that i've found i mean i haven't found any that didn't have oil um let's see i'm trying to think of some other things uh yeah that that, that that's about it so i i do my own bean burgers and i got a bean burger recipe from a gentleman named jeff novick uh jeff is a uh whole food plant-based person who uh, does speaking and i really don't know what his specialty is i think he's a, a, a i want to say dietitian but uh he's got uh a, some dvds out that i got some uh bean burger um recipes from and of course you can find them all over the place that are good like uh forks over knives they have an app I paid $4.99 for their app, and there's literally thousands of recipes on there, and there's one whole section on, on burgers. So, <laughs> so, so they're, they're, they're out there. Yeah, it's just that uh, you've got to spend the time to put it together instead of grabbing it off the shelf and buying it. For so, sure. Yeah, so it, if it's, I'm kind of like Jack LaLanne now. For those of oh, you, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. I know. For those of you who are listening to this that know who Jack LaLanne is, Jack LaLanne always said, if it's made by man, I am not eating it. There it is. That means processed foods, my friends. Really quick. I'm just curious. I mean, at the top of the show, we were talking about what your numbers were looking like uh, when you were in your worst shape back in March of 22. Uh, so you had your A1C 9.7. Yeah. yeah. Uh, your weight was at 247 at that yeah. point. Um, how are your numbers looking today? Well, I'm in. Uh, i uh, even after the four pound gain that I had last week. I uh, I weighed 186.6 today. So that's a that's a total loss of 60.4 pounds. Uh, my A1C. That's the only thing that I'm still a little. I don't want to say upset about just uh, uh, not feeling the greatest about yet. I, I am in the pre-diabetic range down to 6.0, but from 9.7 to 6.0, that's that's a very good uh, move. And I've been told by some medical industry that uh, people my age with a 6.0 would probably kill for. <laughs> now, here's the one that will blow your mind. My total cholesterol... And this was just no more than a week ago is 93. Holy cow, you're not even in triple digits? Nope. And I my LDL cholesterol was 30 something and my HDL was 30 something. I I trying to remember where the paper is. So so my actually my total cholesterol is what is considered to be a little low cuz they say it should be 100 or higher. Uh, and then my HDL cholesterol was a little low because they said it should be 40 or higher, but my LDL cholesterol being where it is, that's, that's just fantastic. As far as I'm concerned, you know? Oh man. Yeah. 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 So, sounds like you're feeling yeah. great. Oh um, yeah. And, and, and I'm off the statins obviously now because of that, <laughs> those numbers for sure. But I was on such a small one. Anyway, I, I did mention earlier that I, my statin dropped in half, but it not only dropped in half one time, it dropped in half another time a half another time got down to where it was just five milligrams a day and then now it's now it's nothing mm. yeah so 
you're 74 now and yep. i remember being a kid and thinking like 40 was old oh, so I I, i'm sure that at one point in your life when <laughs> you met somebody who was 74 you were like man that person is ancient yeah well but, I, yeah i like yeah. to put it in perspective my grandmother when i was born my grandmother was 49 okay you'll see here i'm 70 i'm you know almost 70 well actually i'm not 74 i'm 74 and two-thirds plus all right. Almost at the three quarters of a century almost mark. The three quarters of a century mark. Yeah. So, how is your view on seventy-four, almost seventy-five, different today than what it was even just a year and a half ago? Oh, uh, that's an excellent question. How do I put that one into words? Well, I was like you when I was a kid. I was thinking, you know, if uh, forty-five and you're over the hill, you might as well pack it in. Um, I. I, I don't know if I was looking to the point where, hey, well, you know, we're all going to we're all going to die someday. And I'm just I, I don't remember. I was thinking, is this going to be sooner than I planned? Because, see, I am the oldest living male in my family over the past three generations. Mm. So that puts things in rather in, in perspective for me, because my my um, I never I didn't know either of my grandfathers. They, they both died very young. One of them was 30-something. He died of an infection but before they had antibiotics. The other one was, I think, 46, and he died of heart. Uh, my dad passed away a month before his 65th birthday with a heart thing. Uh, his brother, my Uncle Jim, he was 59 with a stroke. My mom had a brother, my Uncle Dick. He was 68. And then my three brothers were 48, 50, and 55. Damn. Yeah. Bob. Yeah. Talk about burying the lead, brother. Did you even think that you would reach 70? Well, I <laughs> no, to be honest with you. In fact, I've got I've got a cousin from my, you know, the other side of the family there who uh, is convinced that he's not uh, let's see how old is John. John was born in I believe 1960. 11 years after him. So he's 63. I guess he'll be 64 in, uh, yeah, he'll be 64 in January on Elvis's birthday, actually. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's, he was, he is convinced that he was, should have been gone by now because his dad died at 59 and then his dad died at 40 something. Mm. Yeah. You know, so he, he's, he's convinced. Now he does have an older brother that's just a little bit younger than I am that is still alive that I don't understand how he's still alive because he's, 300 and some pounds and in a wheelchair with all kinds of diabetes and stuff like that. So he's 70. He just, he just turned 74 last month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, what are your thoughts now? I mean, it's a lot of people would take that and say, man, I'm living in overtime. Every day's a bonus at this point, but well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, the power of your diet here. So what's the end game, man? We're coming up on the three quarter of a century mark. Mm -hmm. are, are we going to be revisiting and doing another interview when you're turning a hundred? Uh, I was thinking more in terms of 110. Yeah, Bob, that's what I'm talking yeah, about, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because What's happened to me, uh, Chuck, is um, because I feel so good and because I know people that have this lifestyle live to be much older. You know, I already mentioned Dr. Esselstyn, a, a vibrant man who is still practicing medicine, who is still 100% alert, maybe 110% alert. 
and he's going to be 90 years old in December. And I don't think he's planning on retiring anytime soon. And T. Colin Campbell, the guy that wrote the China study and things like that, that ran that, that retreat last week, he's going to be 90 in March. So these guys are, are up there now. So here's, here's my thoughts on it. The way, the way I've done this. Now I said, I was the oldest living male in my family over the last three generations. I want to live longer than the oldest known relative that I'm aware of. And I had a great grandmother that was 93 and I had a grandmother that was 93 and I'm, my goal is to outlive them. And to be perfectly frank with you, you said it a minute ago, uh, I want you to set up the interview for me uh, when I'm 100. All right. I'll send you the uh, the Outlook calendar invite as soon as we wrap up this interview. We'll we'll pick a day, okay. a quarter century from now, man, and, and we'll make it happen. Well, now, now it's got to be a quarter century plus a little. Because plus, a, plus a little, I, right. I, I would just I, I would only be a kid at 99 in 25 years. So. Understood. We we yeah. want to make sure that you're a full-blown adult at that point with responsibilities exactly. and all the, right. all the things that yeah. come with that. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. And here's the thing, man. I mean, you have had this incredible transformation for yourself a number of times. This time, the last time, it is sticking and you are now paying it forward and helping others. Yeah. And I love the fact that you want to help others dip into that fountain of youth. So yeah. if people can go and work with you, they do that at healthcoachbob.com, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to add, Chuck, is uh, last summer uh, I came across. I was watching an old Twilight Zone episode, and the episode was called Changing of the Guard. And it starred at the late, great Donald Pleasance. And he played an old professor at this all-boys school, and they were going to retire him and put him out to pasture. And he thought that he hadn't done anything for anyone. And he was standing outside this statue, and the statue was of Horace Mann, an educator that lived from 1796 to 1859. And I was reminded of a quote that, is, that was at the bottom of that statue. And it goes, be ashamed to die until you have won some victory for humanity. And I feel like if I can make one person healthy or healthier, then I will have had that one victory for humanity. I have no doubt that uh, you have already accomplished that, uh, if by nothing else, simply by being on the show with us here today, because I think you are going to inspire a lot of people with your openness, your honesty, your frankness, and the results. And you put all those things together, you got one heck of a powerful story to share that can uplift and inspire and make that change and improve humanity. And you're well, certainly doing that, brother. Well, thank you, Chuck. I, I deeply appreciate those thoughts. Health Coach Bob, Bob Madison. The link to the website is in the show description and in the episode notes. Look forward to speaking with you again in 25 years and change, Bob. Well, I'd like to speak to you sooner than that, though, Chuck. But, you of know, we'll be, <laughs> we'll be in touch. You know how it is. But, yeah, we're, we're good. Yeah. Bob Madison. Thanks, okay. buddy. Health coach Bob Madison, such a quick change. I love his spirit, his gusto, the way that he was able to get his life back on track in his 70s. What an inspiration. Our first health story of the year. Very, very cool. Congratulations, Bob. Be sure to check him out online at healthcoachbob.com.
And Bob and I were talking about foods that are rather addictive. You know, it's it's hard to indulge one time and then not indulge the next day. We were talking about that recently with Dr. Joel Furman as well. And it got me wondering, let's take a poll here. What foods are you hooked on? Like Bob and I, what we were talking about. Let me know. Hit me up on Facebook. I am at Chuck Carroll WLC. I posted a question there. And within seconds of putting it up, Penny commented that pizza was her vice. And man, that is a big one. Penny says that she tries to make her pizza slightly healthier by only putting vegetables on top and then not adding any cheese. But she says it's also one of those foods that she loves, but also tries to have only just a couple of times a month. And even without the cheese, pizza is just one of those foods that has a pull to it, right? You just eat it once and you want it again and again and again. And maybe that is why 3 billion pizzas are sold in the United States every single year. And according to the Washington Post, those 3 billion pizzas break down to 100 acres of pizza being eaten every single day. That is a lot of pie, my friend. So what else is on the list of these foods that are too hard to quit. Well, Karen on Facebook, she replied that sour cream is a tough one for her. And Dakota, they say cheeseburgers. They say cheeseburgers are their number one jam. They say that they have done away with pork and cow's milk and most desserts. But for some reason, they just can't get over what they call a good old fashioned cheeseburger. Is it the salt? Is it the fat from the beef? Or is it the cheese itself, those queso morphines? Remember Dr. Barnard's book, The Cheese Trap, talking all about the addictive properties of dairy. So maybe there's something to play there. But I have a sneaking suspicion that foods can be a little bit different for everyone. So which one is hard for you to cut out of your diet? Just head over to my Facebook page. There is a link in the episode notes to do that. Or you can hop on facebook.com slash Chuck Carroll WLC. And how often have you gone back to those foods, whatever yours is, thinking that you could have it just once and then really having a hard time getting it out of your diet again? I mean, food is powerful, is it not? So I'm really curious to see how this list shakes out. Matter of fact, I'm going to link to that list in the episode notes. So just go ahead and click on that and add to it. Let's see how many similarities are out there. Tell you what's out there coming up on the next show. Dr. Neil Barnard will be back with us. Can't wait for that. Another Q&A coming out. That's going to be on YouTube and Facebook, noon Wednesday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday. And then the replay right back here, first thing on Thursday on the podcast. And also, if you're looking for more ways to connect with us, become an exam room VIP, because then you get exclusive perks like pre-sale opportunities for live shows. We may have one coming up in the spring here in Washington, D.C., as we get ready for Dr. Neil Barnard's new book, The Power Foods Diet. So head over to pcrm.org slash examroomvip. Become part of our community as we help to continue to make the world a healthier place. And oh, by the way, it is 100% free.
free. And also, let's connect some more. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast on Apple or Spotify, wherever it is that you get your shows, and you feel like you've raised your health IQ by a point or two, go ahead, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button. Let's go ahead and share that hope and that wisdom every single time we publish the show. Let's get that shared to you right away so you never have to worry about missing out on a great opportunity to raise your health IQ. But for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to health coach Bob Madison for being here and inspiring us as we make more changes for our own lives, take our health to the next level in this new year. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based. Yeah.